0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching speak now pro wrestling here on February 10th on F4W online and man, it is Friday and Fridays are always the best everyone because it's the most chill show of the week. Uh, Usually we spend our days talking about the bloodline and that's kind of kind of be the the majority of what we talk about here today. I thought Smackdown had some pretty good stuff. Mainly it was the the bloodline stuff is really what the show. Um, we, we just had so much go down with Paul Heyman, Sammy Zayn with the usos, we are about two weeks away, maybe no, a week, a week, a week can a, like a couple days. We're like 10 days or something away from uh, eight days away. There you go. Eight days away from the Elimination Chamber. And so we are pretty much on the precipice of Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. And we kind of got a little bit of information on what we might be able to expect or at least something that will help with our predictions going into that show. On top of that, we had A.W. Rampage. I did think A.W. Rampage was a lot better this week than it was last week. But we will go ahead and talk about all of that here today. Um, So first of all, so like a scary thing, well, not a scary thing. I guess a scary thing for a person that, you know, has to cover SmackDown for a living and being out on the West Coast, I always have to watch SmackDown Live on Fox sports. If not, I can't, I can't watch the show. Like if I don't, if I'm not watching live, I I'll miss the show. Like I won't be able to see it. Right. Because I don't have any other way of watching unless I wait until uh, the West coast broadcast. So around like four o'clock or something, I was like, Oh, I still got, I got an hour till SmackDown starts. I'm going to sit on my couch guys. And I did it I did it. I was like, I'm going to sit on my couch, uh, close my eyes, rest my eyes for a bit before the show. I woke up about five minutes after SmackDown had started. I don't know what happened. I just suddenly woke up and I was like, oh my God, SmackDown's on. And so I run to my computer and I'm like, Fox Sports, how do I log in? Panic mode, panic mode. Um, so I did miss the first five minutes of the show, but don't worry. I pretty much got the gist of everything. I got to see everything, uh, mainly everything. I only missed Paul Heyman's um, portion and the actual uh, like just the Paul Heyman's portion was the only thing that I missed but I'm pretty much caught up on that but I was so freaking pissed when I went on and I saw that it was already Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn all because I did it I sat down on my couch I decided to rest my eyes for a bit and I ended up knocking out for like 30 40 minutes Um, so that happened to me today and you do not know how scary it was when I realized that the show had already started I wasn't recording the show uh i was missing things and then like i started thinking what had what would have happened had i just like slept through all of smackdown all of rampage and like woke up super late or something uh so there you go that was my my adventure of today uh but we got a super chat here from steven who sends one insane love the friday night hangouts let's go denise Let's go. Thank you so much to Steven for sending this in. There almost wasn't a Friday night hangout today. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying AW was more WWE than WWE tonight. Um. You know, what's funny is that a w was more wwe than wwe on Wednesday with the last couple of minutes of the show. Um, but not the entire show though. Wednesday's dynamite, I thought was spectacular except for maybe like the last couple of moments, but for the most part, it was a great show. Uh, but thank you so much to uh, grapple geekery for sending in, uh, the super chat that read like a riddle. I love it. Um, major blood says Denise, you gotta set an alarm. I normally do if I'm gonna take a nap, like a 20 minute nap or something and you know you want more than 20 minutes but you could only afford 20 minutes I usually do set an alarm however this time I really didn't think I was actually going to fall asleep I legitimately thought oh, I'm just going to close my eyes and relax for a second didn't happen didn't happen at all but let's get into the show everybody and we're going to kick things off with the bloodline and uh kind of get into what happened today and then also you know I guess, if this helps any of our theories heading into Elimination Chamber. So um, we did kick off the show with uh, Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman. So Paul Heyman basically goes out there and um, he's basically talking about how, uh, you know, Roman Reigns is facing attacks from Cody Rhodes, from Sami Zayn, and there's, you know, both of these things. The, both of these, you know, programs are simultaneously uh, happening. And we did see Roman Reigns address this the following week, the, the week before this, where he said that he wanted to talk about Cody Rhodes, because he felt Cody Rhodes was the one that deserved his attention versus Sami Zayn, And so we did talk about him saying that last week. But then this week, Paul, we didn't get to see Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns wasn't there. And so during this, Paul Heyman basically asked the fans like, Hey, do you actually think That you're gonna be seeing Sami Zayn as champion. When he mentioned that, you get this crowd eruption, and then finally, he is um he first says that Sami Zayn isn't on the show today, and Sami Zayn uh ends up coming out and and coming out you know by surprise. He comes out, huge reaction from the crowd. And so finally we get Sami Zayn, and I loved Sami Zayn's promo tonight because you know, a lot of what we've been seeing with the bloodline, we've been seeing um Sami Zayn sammy Zayn's character you know early on was like the fun lovable one that's part of the reason why he got so over it was like sammy zane would come out and be sammy dancing and whatnot he would be um you know just being sammy Zayn. and then the times where uh you know things were getting a little rocky between him and the bloodline we were getting more of a like more of a nervous anxious uh sammy Zayn with like I don't want to say anxiety, but he was just a lot more timid, not really, you know, you know, kind of nervous, right? Kind of nervous. Like we all sat through those uh, promos with Roman Reigns, kind of scolding him and whatnot. And there was moments where things kind of got sad. Do you guys remember when he was almost going to be, or the the segment where Roman Reigns gives him the honorary U shirt? Uh, We remember that. We remember the emotions that Sami Zayn had during that. So that was pretty much what we had seen from Sami Zayn. However, Ever since, you know, the events that unfolded at Royal Rumble took place, we've been seeing this new version of Sammy, an angry version of Sami Zayn, and clearly, you know, Sami Zayn is pissed off at Roman Reigns, he, uh, you know, challenged him last week to a match at Elimination Chamber, says he's going to take away the titles from him, etc. So then today, he tells Paul Heyman, you know, he kind of goes off. And I love this because we get a, a meaner, more aggressive Sami Zayn, but not in a way that comes off like you don't want to cheer for him in a way that you do want to cheer for him. But, you know, he's angry and he's letting that out. And so he's basically telling, um, you know, he's basically telling Paul Heyman, like, oh, you think that you think that this is not going to happen with um, – with basically saying that the bloodline is falling falling apart, they're unraveling, they're going down, Roman Reigns is going down and he's saying, you don't think that use is gonna stick with Jimmy, you don't think that this is all going to happen and so he really gets in the face of Paul Heyman and just really, man, uh, he freaking goes at it and this was definitely something um, that I definitely enjoyed from Sami Zayn here. So um, after this, We still don't know. Uh, There was was also another part that I really liked. Sorry, guys, I'm following up on my notes here. They're kind of a mess today. But um, my favorite part of this was when Sami Zayn tells Paul Heyman that the way that he looks at Roman Reigns is creepy. He tells him, Why do you look at him like that? Like, it's super creepy. You look at him like the sun shines out of his ass. And I thought this was kind of funny because last night, and I think this hit me differently. Last night I was watching Juno. And I don't know how many of you guys have seen Juno. It's kind of an old movie, but I've seen it a million times. And there's the part where the dad tells Juno that uh, to find somebody. So Juno in the movie asks her dad, you know i want to know if two people can really be in love together for like their entire lives and she's kind of looking for some love advice and the dad tells her you know, June bug, all you need to do is find somebody that thinks the sun shines out of your ass. And so it's the exact same quote. And I was like, Oh, my God, that!" Well, I don't it's not from Juno, because it's like an everyday saying like everybody says this, you know, the sun shines out of your ass. But I just thought it was funny that I had just heard it on Juno. And then I heard it on SmackDown today. But um, so he's basically saying Sammy Zayn tells Paul Heyman, the bloodline, it's on its way out. So that was kind of like the first, uh, portion of what we got today, uh, between Paul Heyman and Sammy Zayn. So. Man, all right, let's continue on from here because we got so much more with this. Um, Throughout the night, as you guys know, we were going to be seeing this match that had been promoted now for weeks between Ricochet and Braun Strowman against Jay and Jimmy Uso for the tag team titles. Now, for weeks, we really weren't sure, like, is this match actually going to happen? Are they, is Jay Uso going to show up? Because the bloodline, hasn't been able to get a hold of Jay since Royal rumble and nobody really knew, you know, when he was going to pop up, if he was going to pop up and if he did ha- How is he going to be acting? We don't know. So, throughout kind of the first portion of the show, Jimmy is trying to get a hold of Jay and he can. He's like telling Paul Heyman, I've emailed him, I've DM'd him, I've called him, but just, you know, nothing. I can't defend the tag titles without a partner. He even tells Paul, Hey, Paul, why don't you go out there and help defend the tag titles? Um, Whatever, right? So, Paul Heyman also during this, he was a little bit salty here because, and Paul Heyman's always salty, but Paul Heyman tells Jimmy like how come you guys didn't go out there to, like how, how come you didn't go out there to help me out right now like you know Sammy Zayn's out there and you guys like nobody did anything right so Jimmy kind of like nods like he doesn't really pay too much attention to that and then finally he just tells Paul Heyman you know what Jay Uso is going to be there I know Jay Uso is going to be there so finally we get this match Ricochet's out there. Braun's out there. Jimmy's out there. And very quickly, all of a sudden, Jay Uso appears. He comes from the crowd. He walks down um, and... He ends up doing this match with his brother. They have this moment where they hug and, you know, they do the match. The match is pretty good. I actually thought the match really picked up towards the end. Um, The first couple of minutes were like whatever. But the ending of the match I thought was really good because that's when they really started to speed things up. So they had a pretty fine match here. Um, Of course, Jay and Jimmy, they win. They retain their titles. Whoop-de-doo. Awesome. So then after here... After this, you know, they're hugging, they go backstage, they're celebrating, they're kind of, well, Jey Uso's kind of celebrating a little bit more than Jimmy, where Jimmy still has a couple of questions he wants from Jay Uso. And during this, while they're walking and talking, Paul Heyman is hiding behind some pillar and he's, you know, just like watching and listening, right? So, you know, Jey Uso basically tells him like, you know, I'm here and, but Jimmy's still kind of a little bit on the fence. All right they separate and we later then see Juso is kind of walking in this secluded area where there's all these production trucks and whatnot so he's there um just, just walking, and you're like, Okay, he's you know he's going to bump into Sami Zayn right now. Either this is intentional or Sami Zayn is gonna creep up on him. From the looks of it, Sami Zayn kind of took him by surprise. So Sami Zayn then goes to Jay Uso and he comes up to him and he tells him, You know what? The bloodline's going down. They're a sinking ship. You can get out of this right now. You don't have to go down with them. And Jey is kind of like not really giving any vibe as to what he thinks. It was kind of hard to read him during this, whether or not he agrees with Sammy, whether or not he disagrees with Sammy. It was kind of hard to read, um, to read him. So then afterwards, Sammy tells him, you know what, I just want to tell you this. I want you to know that I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you, Jay Uso. So, Jay, then he, fips, he puts up the fist bump because he wants to fist bump with Jay. But Jay's first a little bit like, oh, you should be careful with that. That's what he tells Sammy, like, be careful with it a little bit. But then afterwards, he ends up fist bumping Sami Zayn. So, later on, the closing of the show, we see Paul Heyman telling Jimmy Uso that Roman Reigns basically doesn't want them to the Usos to be in Montreal for the Elimination Chamber match that they should be watching from home, watching on TV because sometimes you miss things that you wouldn't miss if you were watching on the TV screen, basically alluding to um, Paul Heyman, maybe knowing the interaction that Jay, uh, that Jay Uso and Sami Zayn had, but clearly knowing that Jimmy Uso didn't see that, so maybe Jimmy shouldn't be trusting Jay as much as he, um, you know, maybe is planning on doing so. So that was kind of that, and then on top of that, uh, you know. I still don't know for sure if we're going to be seeing, um, you know, what's going to happen in terms of who's going to show up to Montreal, this and this and that, right. You know, everybody's been talking about this. we talked about this last week, uh, with, you know, Jimmy in Canada and DUIs and this and that. I still don't know what the situation is with that, but I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that maybe not to expect Jimmy. U. So in Canada, I'm not entirely sure on this. So, uh, so don't quote me cause I really don't know. But, um, in regards to Jay, I think he's good to go. I, I'm assuming he's in the clear and I'm still assuming that Jay Uso, I said this last week, but Jay Uso seems to be the person that is going to um, cost the match to Sami Zayn. And right now, it, at first you want to be like, oh, is he actually really going to be torn between Jimmy and Sami? Is he really going to be torn or does he already know what he's going to do? My, my estimation from this is that he already knows what he's going to do. He was gone for, you know, X amount of days. And clearly he, I'm assuming he did some thinking and he knows what he's going to do now. He could be on great. He's tag team champions with his brother. They hold gold. He ain't going to give that up. That's his brother. They've been together since day one Oose, So they ain't going to give that. He, he ain't going to give that up Uh Sami Zayn, Yes. You know, at some point they may have been friends. He may still have a soft spot from him, for him. He probably still will. But my assumption here is that Jimmy, that Jay Uso, excuse me, Jay Uso is going to cause Sami Zayn this match at Elimination Chamber. It was my, you know, prediction last week. And then today, after the whole, you know, the fist bump, I kind of feel like he just did that. So that Sami Zayn would maybe still think that they're good. And it's also going to hurt a lot more because you know that Sami Zayn legitimately cares about Jey Uso, like you know, if Jey Uso wanted to be friends with Sami Zayn, you know Sami Zayn would welcome him with open arms. And so that is going to suck because Jey Uso stood up for him in the freaking court thing and then he should then he's most likely going to be the one to um ruin this opportunity against Roman Reigns at, at uh Elimination Chamber, so that's kind of where we're at right now with the bloodline. Uh, what are your guys' theories? What do you think based on the events that unfolded today? That they give you any sort of uh, different insight as to what you might expect to occur at Elimination Chamber? Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, we got Mom who says great ending, I love it. Stephen points out that the plot the plot thickens. Um, <laughs> oh man, Zeno Hour says Jimmy Uso is going to get the tribal abuse next week for reals, right? Um, for and Zaya says this was a very memorable moment I absolutely loved it um and we got the coyote put who believes that Jay has been the MVP of this whole storyline no the MVP is definitely Sami Zayn but Jay Uso has had he'd be like what's the best supporting actor or something <laughs> the sidekick he well that, that's hard to say too because Roman Reigns is obviously you know um roman reigns and you can't disregard everything that he did because he was freaking phenomenal in this too they all played their parts and they all played their parts well all right let's see what else we got here what from people what are you guys saying this is from grande hero who says the best part of the sammy story has always been about his relationship with jay so when jay turns on him it's going to be heartbreaking yeah that's pretty much how i'm feeling about um that as well I really am feeling that exact same way. Uh, Steven says next week on SmackDown, Jay shows his loyalty to Sammy. And then the night, the next night at Chamber, he turns on Sammy. So I kind of feel like we're all along the same lines of what we're expecting from Elimination Chamber. So either they're going to go and do things to the T in terms of what we're predicting, or we're going to get an absolute swerve. I don't know. I'm so excited for Elimination Chamber, guys. This is, on, and I think I said this on another podcast before, but I'm more excited for Elimination Chamber than I was for Royal Rumble. Like, I kid you not. It's literally just because we're going to get Roman versus Sami Zayn. I'm so freaking stoked about it. Like, this feels like one of those shows where you have to tune in. Let's just say you're not even a WWE fan. Like, ah, you just follow it occasionally. You're maybe just keep up by reading people's tweets or maybe just read the TV reports on what, on a website or something. I don't know. I feel like this is still like, if you're one of the, like one of those people that maybe only tunes in casually um, you've been hearing, it's a good storyline, but maybe you haven't been keeping up. Um, this to me feels like a show that everybody has to tune into in regards to um, just to see what goes down with the bloodline, especially, obviously Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. So it feels like an important matchup. It's been a while since I felt that way too. Honestly, it's been a while since I have felt this way. I mean, I did kind of feel about it, uh, about this, like this with Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble. Cause you knew, you knew something was going to go down, but I still feel a lot more excited for this match at Elimination Chamber. And it's been a while since I've really felt this way about a certain matchup. Um. All right. So <laughs> we got people saying the Coyote put says if Sammy actually won the titles, I'd lose my fucking mind, honestly. So I'm going to be doing a watch along for that show, by the way, on my YouTube channel. And if that were to happen, holy bonkers, I think everybody would be like, <gasps> it would be like the shock. The shock of the century for us, for WWE fans, for sure. Um, but we'll see, I don't know anymore. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh press on from here because we do got a couple more items to talk about in regards to SmackDown. Um, uh, we got Hit Row versus Sheamus and McIntyre, uh, Drew McIntyre. So, man, if we were supposed to be taking Hit Row seriously, they have just been going down, man. They have been. I feel like when, okay, how do I word this? So when Hit Row came back to WWE, it felt like, okay, cool, this is exciting. Triple H is bringing people back and let them have their moment. Let's see how it plays out. It's going to be maybe a little bit different without Swerve Strickland because he really was, you know, He was the person that was wrestling all the matches and was making them look good and, you know, in-ring wise and this and that. So not having swerve was a really big uh, missing puzzle piece for Hit Row. But okay, let's give them a try. Let's see what they can do, you know, without swerve, right? And for the most part, like the beginning was a little bit rough, but it wasn't terrible. It was just a little bit rough. But as the weeks have progressed, it's gotten a little rougher and rougher. And we've gotten to the point now where, sadly, for Hit Row fans, I feel like they have now been designated to the jobber position. I see them very, very incredibly low on the card now. They're not a big deal to me. And I'm sorry, like, it's just not working. And you can't even get mad at me because this match with Hit Row against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, It was a squash, pretty much. Like they didn't let. They made them look like jobbers here. Drew goes in there. He headbutts Ashanti the Adonis. Really great headbutt. Loved it. Uh, Drew suplexes Ashanti the Adonis. He goes for the claymore. Ashanti moves out of the way. Instead, Top, uh, excuse me, Top Dollar pulls them out of the way. They're on the outside. Sheamus runs through, gets Ashanti the Adonis with a clothesline, and um. Finally, we get the bro kick from um, Sheamus. He gets the win, and uh, the Banger Bros win. This was an incredibly short match. They didn't. There was no substance given to Hit Row whatsoever in this match. They did not look good because they didn't have a moment to look good. They they were sw- they were dominated by Sheamus and Drew McIntyre's. They were da- They were dominated by the Banger Bros. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like you can't expect me now to take it, Rose, seriously when they're officially in the designated jobber seats. That's what it feels like. Um, We do see the Viking Raiders interrupt the celebration of the Bangor Bros, and they play a little video, and Bahala does her, I don't know, her, like, I don't know what you call it. Their tr- rituals that they do? I'm not really sure, but she's do- they're doing this whole thing where they're um kind of almost similar to Ash Wednesday, where you get the little thing on your forehead, and they're they do them to uh, Ivar and Eric, and they're like, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. I can't explain this vignette, okay? The point is, they're facing each other next week. This should be good. We've already seen Seamus McIntyre and the Viking Raiders. It was good. Um when they had that match. And I'm pretty sure this one's gonna be good again. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what's going on there. Um, Joe Compton sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Joe who says, um, Row will be the first to be Future Endeavor by Triple H. I called it now. So yeah, I never like to say like, oh, this person should lose their job or anything like that. No, 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 no way, no way. But um, but it does, but it is one of those things where you can't help but to notice that it hasn't necessarily been a successful act. Um, there was a portion where I did think that they could maybe work around certain things and that it could work, but then it just didn't. It just didn't. And um, they haven't been able to really get them to like stick in terms of making them something that feels um, you know, interesting. And unfortunately, that we'll be talking about another person on the on the on the roster pretty shortly that is kind of going through the exact same thing but we'll talk about that in just a second thank you so much to Joe Compton um for the super chat here um all right so oh man some of the <laughs> some of the comments though <laughs> all right um let's get into oh man never mind it's not another person it's two people two people that are kind of having a hard time character wise um this next person I forgot because I completely forgot about, but let's get into it. Uh, this is Lacey Evans versus Carmen Haras. So Lacey, if you have not been watching SmackDown, if maybe you've been out of the loop, let me give you a quick rundown of what's been going on with Lacey. So Lacey Evans, ever since she came back from the pregnancy and she had her baby and this and that she came back. Okay, cool. um, They have been doing a lot of back and forth with Lacey. They have been trying to figure out different things that could work for Lacey. We have seen her bounce back from show from brand to brand. She was a raw superstar, SmackDown superstar, back to Raw, back to SmackDown. Can't even tell you how many times that happened. Okay. She is doing the sob story um, promos for like two months or something. And they're, they're, they are could first come across as babyface promos, but then she's actually a heel. So there was a lot of confusion of like, okay, so she's a babyface? No, she's a heel. That didn't work. That was scrapped. Then, finally, the most recent thing that we've been seeing regarding Lacey Evans is they've been doing these really quick videos that actually look really cool. Like, I'm not even gonna trash them. I really like those videos. Uh, she's, you know, doing the, uh, she's at the Marine boot camp boot camp and she's doing all these great physical things that i would never dare to do whatsoever she's kicking ass man she looks great the videos were great it looked really cool um and then she comes out and you know she has well she came out when she came out at the royal rumble that's when she came back and um then this was her first SmackDown, first match on smackdown since all of the boot camp videos um I hope this works for her right now. It kind of just felt like the crowd was really dead. They didn't really react to this match whatsoever. Um, you know, she's doing push-ups during this match. She actually did get a couple of boos, um, not too many, but she did get a couple of boos. Uh, she hits the woman's right. And then eventually she uh, locks in her Cobra clutch and gets the win here. Um, so the po- the good thing about this one is, and I'm going to give it a-, a-, a pro. Here's the pro for this one is that in the past, we didn't even know what Lacey Evans was supposed to be. We didn't even know if she was supposed to be a heel or a baby phase or what they were doing with Lacey Evans. At least this time, it is crystal clear. She is a heel. I'm going to applaud that because we didn't know that the last time we saw her it was a little bit weird uh so at least we know now she is a heel um and I do think that Lacey Evans works best as a heel there's times where I wish that they could make her into a really cool baby face and I've talked about this I feel like her character does have potential like who doesn't want to root for uh you know a woman that you know worked hard and you know had a hard life and you know she made it and blah, blah, blah. That's a very easy person to get behind of. But I just think naturally, Lacey Evans is more of a heel. So maybe that just works a lot better for her. So uh, let's see how this plays out. Let's see if they actually stick to this. And let's see what this new run of Lacey Evans is going to look like on uh, television. But we got a super chat here from Tony J. W- um, with Wachowski. Thank you so much to Tony for sending this in. Uh, Tony says, Pause. Sometimes you see on TV what I don't see live means Roman saw Jay saw say everything on TV. He knows Jimmy covered for him. Um, and in regards to this, this feels very much I can't disagree. Yeah, I can't disagree, obviously. So. Man. This One's rough, guys. This one's rough because you're wondering, okay, what does Roman Reigns know? What does Paul Heyman know? What's going on here? Uh, you know, did they did they not see the uh, you know, the the backstage segment with um Sami Zayn and Jey Uso? Did they see the secret meeting take place? Uh, is Jimmy Uso covering for Jey Uso? Is, is that why he, you know, first said. I can't get a hold of him. And then all of a sudden he shows up. Uh, this one's a crazy one. This one's a crazy one. But Paul Heyman, here's the thing about Paul Heyman he doesn't just say things to say things. Everything Paul Heyman says is kind of a spoiler. He gives you um, what you need to know. And You always kind of have to read in between the lines and take every word he says as a hint as to what can be happening next. That's actually one of my favorite things about Paul Heyman is that he doesn't say things just to say them. Uh, So thank you to Tony J. Wachowski for sending in the super chat. It's much appreciated. Thank you so much, Tony. Um, All right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, (laughs) Let's see. I mean, everybody's we're pretty much on the same thing when it comes to Lacey Evans. So we'll move on from that there. There's nothing much else to add. Um, next up, let's talk about the, uh, Ronda Rousey segment. Oh man. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So Natalia comes out. If you guys recall, Natalia was one of the, it's one of the entrants into the elimination chamber for the women to go on to face, Re- uh, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. The entrants are Raquel, Oscar, Liv, Nikki, Natty, and Carmella. Um, So Natty goes out there. She's got a couple, she's, you know, cutting her promo and her promo is all about Shayna. It's all about Shayna. She calls Shayna a cheap knockoff version of Ronda Rousey, says that she's going to uh, win the Elimination Chamber and that Shayna is going to go back to carrying Ronda Rousey's bags. So then Ronda Rousey comes out. I mean, sorry, Shayna comes out and Shayna says, you know, I was signed before Ronda was, I was, you know, having great matches and winning titles before ronda was and this and that so um during this we then do see the return of ronda rousey ronda comes out and the last time we saw her was when uh during that christmas eve episode where she uh lost the smackdown women's championship to charlotte flair in a pretty surprising manner because nobody was expecting charlotte flair at all so ronda rousey returns she and shayna attack natty but then Shotzi comes out to have Natty's back. Um, but they both pretty much beat the crap out of Natty and Shotzi. So, um, you know, clearly that the, you know, speculation has been that we're going to be seeing Rhonda and uh, Shayna team up together for WrestleMania. So uh, we'll see where they go from here. But uh, you know what? I don't mind this. I hope this works. I hope that this helps, uh, you know, get Shayna back to a level where, uh, you know, just a more. She tends to be forgotten about now on the roster, which is unfortunate because I do think that Shayna has a very, very natural, um, she's a very natural badass. Like you look at her and I don't have to suspend my disbelief that she will kick my ass and murder me. No, I don't have to suspend my disbelief whatsoever. She has that naturalness to her. So they need to play off of that. And you need somebody like that on the roster who's like this dominant killer type of person. So I do hope we get to see Shayna back in that version which we have seen shades of that before plenty of times. Um so I do hope we get to that. Ronda Rousey, I think right now she just needs to be in something that feels new, something that feels different right now on the show because she's coming off of a of a not-so-great run, a SmackDown Women's Champion. So you definitely want to see her bounce back from that. So I hope Shayna and Ronda really complement each other and kind of boost each other up on the roster. And, you know, I hope they make for some good, uh, some, some good feuds, some good television. That's all you can hope for. And uh, Jared sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Jared, who says, the hit row Lacey problem is a SmackDown in general problem a lot of these heatless acts especially in the women's division and that's unfortunate too because it is true um, you know how many times weren't we sitting here when Ronda Rousey was champion and I was like I don't know who Ronda Rousey's going to lose the title to there's no one there to lose the title to uh, yeah there's potential in so many people but that doesn't mean that they're going to win the title just because they have potential right now. They need to build to that. So there really wasn't anybody for Ronda. And then Charlotte comes. And why do you think Charlotte's been feuding with Sonia for like, she was feuding with Sonya for like the longest time because there was nobody else there for her to really build be in a legitimate story um and so it is very heatless in that end of things um and for the guys like for the tag teams like this is the thing like i really like the smackdown tag team division it it, it, i really like it with everything that they're doing with the brawling brutes the banger bros um they, they do need to tweak some things but for the most part i do like that division um and then for the guys it it really is the bloodline the bloodline is the life of this show um, so yeah, I can't really disagree too much in terms of, you know, them having the heatless acts. I can't disagree, uh, because there is a couple more examples, which I'll talk about in just a second about, you know, where we're at and who needs some better direction and all of that. Uh, thank you so much to Jared though, for the nice super chat. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So Stephen Marchuli sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Steven who says, um, would you book Ronda in a tag team or singles match for WrestleMania? So here's the thing, like, I feel like there has been, like to me, okay, Ronda Rousey is a huge star, okay? We know this. She's a huge star. And you put her name against anybody, and that's going to draw, to me, it's going to draw interest. And if you're, for example, if there is somebody who's not a WWE fan, I don't know, and let's say, let's say, okay, let's say I invite my friend who's not a WWE fan, okay? And they look at the WrestleMania card they're not going to know. They're not even, they're not going to know who, Um, you know, who a lot of the people are. They're not going to know who they are, but they're going to know Ronda Rousey. So even if you're not a WB fan, you're going to know Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is the name that, people are just going to know. And so because of that, I do feel like it is, you know, important to have her on the WrestleMania card because of who she is and her name and all of that. Um, and, but unfortunately for the actual fans, you haven't necessarily been getting much out of Ronda, especially with the most recent SmackDown Women's Championship run. So with all of that being said, while I personally would rather see Nope. I'm changing my answer. Given that the last couple of matches, the singles matches that we've seen in Ronda and have not been good, it has to be a tag team match. And if she was to be in there with in a singles match, it would literally have to be somebody like Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, uh, Bailey. It would have to be Charlotte or somebody like that. That you know, she can't have like a bad match with. If it was anybody else, I would be very nervous about about it not basically, like about it being not, about it not being good. So for that reason, I'm going with tag team match. I would definitely book her in the tag team role. And clearly, that's the way that it's looking like it's going with her and Shayna. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that that's the way it's going. But if I was booking the show, I'd stick to the same thing. I do tag team as well. Uh, But thank you so much to Stephen Marchuli for sending in uh, the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, Okay, so um, let's go ahead and continue on from here. So after this, we got to to talk about um, Sonia and Chelsea Green versus Raquel and Liv Morgan. So this is pretty funny because, you know, Sonia DeVille and Adam Pearce have pretty much been beefing for God the longest time, all right? They never see eye to eye. They're always fighting. That's their thing. But Chelsea Green, you know, she just came back to WWE and she's doing the whole Karen gimmick and she's always complaining. And, you know, so there's always a problem and she always wants to talk to the manager. It's great. So. <laughs> so it was funny because so this whole segment backstage started with Sonia complaining to Adam Pearce. And I was thinking like, damn, you know, poor Adam Pearce. He's got freaking. uh, um, Chelsea Green literally driving him crazy on Raw. And then he goes to SmackDown and he has Sonya Deville driving him crazy. So I was literally thinking that as I was watching this and then out of nowhere, Chelsea Green pops up and she goes up to him and she says, you know, I I need to speak to the manager of SmackDown. And he's like, I'm the manager. I'm the manager of SmackDown. Like, what are you talking about? It's me. And she goes like are you discriminating me or I forgot how she said it but she's all are you discriminating me because you know I have facial amnesia facial amnesia okay I- I died. By the way, I had to google this and there's like a, so many articles about like facial amnesia. There's one about Brad Pitt having facial amnesia. I didn't actually read the article, but I saw the headline and cuz I just had really quick like google search, but I was dying because this is so on point. This is so within the perfect stereotype of what you would expect from a Karen, right? The oh, we're being discriminated against. And then you're like, well, what is it that you're being discriminated for? And it's something so ridiculous. And with this, something ridiculous was the facial amnesia. So I was dying. This popped me so hard. And I started thinking about this. And I'm like, you know what? I would really like it next if Chelsea Green did, because I think this would be funny because this is so like, what I would imagine a Karen to do. So not only does a Karen, like, you know, go out and complain and this and that, but Karens always have an opinion about something. And they're always, they're like, there's a lot of like, I kind of associated too with like mommy bloggers. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with mommy bloggers. I'm very familiar because I see them all over Facebook, but mommy bloggers tend to be like the ones that are like, oh, you know, facial amnesia is a very serious issue or something crazy like that. or Like, I don't know. And so it would be really funny if Chelsea would like be like, okay, well, on my vlog, you know, this past Monday, I vlogged about how, you know, Swiss chocolates are in demand for I don't know, something stupid, right? So I would like to see something like that, where she incorporates a vlog or something. And she's like, you know, did you see my vlog on blah, blah, blah? I don't know, they can come up with the details on that. But it's, It would be really funny if they did something like that, because I think it would actually tie into like everything that I see on Facebook when it comes to like mommy bloggers and Karens and have you ever gone into a Facebook comment section? You can she could literally go to log on to Facebook, go to the comment section. Click on any article that seems somewhat controversial or not even remotely controversial. Click on that and get so much material for her character. Um, This is great. But anyways, we get this tag team match. And um, this is pretty much uh, because of Chelsea, they end up losing this match because she doesn't want to get tagged into the match. So Raquel brings her into the actual match. And so... um, She basically is, like, scared, and, you know, she's been losing, so Liv and Raquel get their win. So this was fun. This was fine. I liked this. Uh, Darv Stevens sends in a super chat. Thank you so much for saying. um, Chelsea is so funny. Her expressions are hilarious. For me, it's the voice. I like the, well, you know, I want some Swiss chocolates and – Uh, I don't know. It's really funny. Uh, Thank you to Steven for sending this in. I appreciate it, man. Um, All right. So let's go ahead and uh, move on from this. And I'm so happy, by the way, that everybody here is saying that she's killing it on the character wise, because she's got like the best character right now for the women. Really? She's got like the most refreshing character for the women. Um, And that's going to get her over. So that's exciting to see. But anyways, um, speaking of the women, we got a quick backstage interview with Charlotte Flair. She looks great. And this is basically about her match with Rhea Ripley. And all she says is Rhea Ripley isn't on her level. And uh, she talks about the WrestleMania 36 match and says that she taught her a lesson during that WrestleMania 36 match. But that come WrestleMania 39, she's going to put Rhea Ripley in her place. There's nothing else to add to that. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, not a fan of Chelsea Green being a Karen. I wish she was her hot mess persona. We have enough Karens. WWE don't need one. I like the idea of being a Karen because it's such a, you know, it's something that we're always, oops. It's something that we're always talking about on social media everybody knows what a Karen is. It's funny. Um, so that's the reason why I like it. It's fresh, it's new, it's something different. And yes, the hot mess persona is freaking awesome, but she, you know, you're going to want to try something new. So you can't do the same thing over and over, right? So, you know, this is her opportunity to really do something different and something that would work, you know, with, for WWE and whatnot. So I think the Karen stuff is on point for her. Um, all right. So um, moving on from this, we got a four-way for... <laughs> For with the winner going on to face Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. And this was Matt Cap Moss versus Karrion Cross versus Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. So earlier, someone brought up the point that uh, we have a lot of heatless acts on SmackDown. And unfortunately, I have to agree with that, especially when it comes to this match here, because Madcap Moss is not somebody that has been presented necessarily as a, you know, super badass by any means on this roster. Uh, he looks great, but that's about it. Um, but he wins this match, which was very surprising. This match was okay, but I was not expecting Madcap Moss to actually get the win. I actually thought he was the one to least possibly be getting the win. But anyways, Karrion Cross is still feuding with Rey Mysterio, and I hate to say this, but... Every week that Carrying Cross comes out to talk about Ray Mysterio, I'm like, "Oh yeah, huh, They're still feuding. Oh yeah. I forget every week, every week, it's like, no one cares! I love Ray Mysterio, and this is not a Ray Mysterio problem. No one cares about Cross and Mysterio. Man, I feel really bad saying that. But this is boring. And the promo that was cut earlier in the night was boring. Um, Santos Escobar, you know, I feel like they just keep pushing them to the side, pushing them to the side. I have been like, do something with Santos Escobar. I've been saying this every week. I'm a broken record. I was hoping, I don't know what I was hoping for, really. I would have liked to see Santos Gunther. I wanted to see it the last time, too. Rey Mysterio Gunther, I knew wasn't going to happen because we just saw Rey Mysterio Gunther, so I knew that wasn't going to happen. Cross Gunther, um... I don't think they want to see Cross get killed by Gunther right now. So that's the reason why they went with Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss can afford to get killed by Gunther. um, And that's kind of where we're at right now. So Gunther versus Madcap next week. Uh, I kind of hope that they give Madcap Moss enough shine to kind of start you know, leveling him up a little bit on the roster because everything that he did with Baron Corbin was such a bad start for Madcap Moss. It was not a good start. And you got to erase all of that from people's memories and have us start to see a brand new version of Madcap Moss. This could be the start. Give him a little bit of shine here with this match against Gunther. And, and then afterwards have Gunther kill him um, in a nice, not nice way. But you know what I mean. All right. <laughs> that was uh, That was honestly... Smackdown today. Uh, the bloodline stuff. Phenomenal. So Drew McIntyre for uh, so for next week, we're going to be seeing dream. We're going to be seeing Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus the Viking Raiders. We're going to be seeing Atalia and Shotzi team up to take on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And we're going to be seeing Gunther versus Madcap Moss for the Intercontinental Championship. So overall, I thought this was a decent episode and really it was the bloodline stuff that carried us in and out of like, I like that they have it throughout the show because it keeps you not wanting to change the channel just in case something else happens. So I'm a fan. All right. We got a couple um, things to talk about in regards to AW rampage. I did think that rampage was better this week than it was last week, um, but it was still a pretty straightforward show. There was one segment that I absolutely hated and I think everybody's going to know which one it is, but let's get into the show. We had John Moxley and Claud- Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta take on Kip Sabian, the Butcher, and the Blade. Um, this wasn't a bad match. You know, you go in there, you have the BCC hitting all of their spots. You know, John Moxley doing his hammer and anvil elbows. Claudio Castagnoli doing his uh, big swing on uh, Kip Sabian. Uh, we had some good interaction between Claudio and the Blade where he hits him with the sharpshooter, hits him with the cutter, and then finally um, uppercut on blade yeah on uppercut on blade for the win and the bcc wins this match so it's pretty much every blackpool combat club match that we've seen but it was still pretty entertaining and enjoyable for the opening of this show um but the segment i hated oh my god now i had heard of impractical jokers because i know people like the show i have heard other people talk about it I've only ever seen maybe half of an episode and I really wasn't paying attention because I was at a friend's house and they were showing it to me. So I really wasn't paying attention. Um, so, and this was years ago. So I don't remember squat about Impractical Jokers. I don't know the guys. I don't know. Um, After this, I, I don't want to watch Impractical Jokers. Like if this was supposed to convince me to watch Impractical Jokers, I'm out. I'm so out on this one. This was not my kind of comedy. Um, This was just not, this was not for me. I am not the demo. Read between the lines. Not the demo over here, okay? Not the demo for Impractical Jokers comedy bit. Um, I hated this. Oh my God, this was so cringe. So they had the guys come out. I don't even know their names. They come out and they have Jericho's back. And they're making fun of it for being a small bat. And basically they're implying that because you have a small bat, bat, it's implying that he has a small you know what. So they get the people to chant small bat. And they're like really excited. Like if they came up with something brilliant, they're like, yeah, small bat, small bat. Of course the crowd's gonna cheer. They're there to be a crowd, okay? Who in the world thought that small bat was funny? Not the demo. Oh my God, this was so stupid, small bat. I wasn't going to laugh at small bat. Who's going to laugh at small bat? No one. So then Jericho says, well, you know, I may have a small bat, but I have big balls. And then I'm like, oh my God, no, this is the Miz all over again. No, no, I don't want to go back to this. No more big, small, tiny balls. No, I'm over it. So then finally, Jericho says, I'm not going to go after that bat because my friends are going to go after that bat. So the Jericho Appreciation Society comes out. They beat down the Impractical Jokers. They put a table out there and it's supposed to be this great, awesome power bomb onto the table. It was the worst power bomb I'd ever seen. Oh my God. So yeah, this was bad, this was not for me. I get why they did it, cross promotion, great stuff. But man, after this, I'm out. I'm not gonna tune into Impractical Jokers, literally just because of this segment. I'm sorry if you are a fan, but for me as a non-fan, non-demo, um, this was not for me whatsoever. So this was a pass, i it killed me. I was just there like, that's why I tweeted the Kenny Omega picture, where he's like, oh. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. All right, Joe Compton sends in a super chat saying, uh, Karrion Cross needs a bigger named feud. I would like to see him versus someone like Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, or Seth Rollins. I kindly disagree, Joe. I kindly disagree. I don't want to be like, oh, I disagree with you, but I have to disagree with you here because Cross did start off. First of all, Rey Mysterio is a freaking icon, okay? If, if I'm in a feud with Rey Mysterio, I'd be freaking thrilled, man. Are you kidding me? I could have a bomb-ass match with Rey Mysterio. Not me personally, but me if I was a wrestler, okay? Now, he did have a big-name feud with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, I would consider a big name. And that feud sucked. So the feud with Drew McIntyre sucked. The feud with Rey Mysterio sucked. It's one of those things where you're like, okay, these are two big names. It's not like he's been feuding with Madcap Moss. It's not like he's been feuding with LA Knight. It's not like he's been feuding with, I don't know who else. He feuded with Drew McIntyre and Rey Mysterio. (laughs) You get me here. You get where I'm going with this. So unfortunately, Joe, I'm going to have to disagree here. I think they need to like, they need to fix something with Cross's character and the presentation of the character versus the the actual opponent here. Uh, I know a lot of times I'm like, oh, they need a better opponent for this person. They need a better opponent for this one. I don't apply the same argument for cross on this one. Um, But I still appreciate you sending the super chat in. And I'm sorry uh, for disagreeing with you on this one. Uh, But thank you for sending this in grapple geekery sends in a super chat saying the most WWE segment in AEW history. Oh, man. It was rough. It was definitely rough. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying Mox, Claudio and Yuda are always together, but Danielson is never with them. They didn't have his back on Wednesday with MJF, but they did with, but they did with when Mox was facing MJF. Curious if there's a story there or not. I mean, there should be because they did have a little bit, couple, a couple, when was it? God, maybe like two months ago. There was a little bit of that, you know, we were seeing that whole problem there with, uh, with Daniel Bra- with Brian Danielson and um, the BCC. But ever since the, ever since William Regal and his departure, it has been a little bit unclear. And so, and they tend to do this a lot, though. They tend to do this. Like, I remember when we just stopped seeing the inner circle. And there was never like an official breakup, like at the point where we were like, are the inner circle still together? Like, they're not showing up together. Like, what's going on? Remember that period where we were like, what's going on with the inner circle? Uh, I kind of feel like that's where we're at with the BCC. Um, so, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for this very generous super chat. Um, I really appreciate it. All right. I'm glad that mostly the chat agrees with me on this impractical jokers thing. I was very afraid that you guys were going to be like, Oh, this was great. What are you talking about? Uh, YT says could be worse. It could be fooding with top dollar. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Um, let's get into the Dustin Rhodes promo. I loved this. Oh, I love this so much. This was like, I don't know how to explain this, but I would have cut this promo if I had good promo skills, you know? know what I mean? Like if I was Dustin Rhodes and had the talent of Dustin Rhodes, this is a promo that I would cut because he's going out there and he's telling Swerve, he's not afraid of them. And you know, they're going to have their match soon. So he says, quote, during his promo, this killed me. He says, what is that on your chest? The three triangles. What does that stand for? Looks like Doritos to me. And I like Doritos, but I hate you. (laughs) killed me absolutely killed me this was funny like this was funny now this this was funny okay um (laughs) i loved this promo um i don't even remember what else dustin Rhodes said this was all he needed to say this won me over um so then swerve strickland comes out he attacks him and that was pretty much this and we're heading into their match i was a fan of this thumbs up dustin on this doritos promo uh I really hope he gets a Dorito sponsorship off of this. I made sure to tweet that because I know that brands, brands see this stuff and brands are always like, I remember when I tweeted that I wish Hook was on Riverdale, like Archie Comics responded to that. So you never know. Maybe like Doritos will be like, oh, hey, what's up, Dustin? Who knows? You just never know these days. Um, But there you go. That's basically. Thank you. Ender Buckley says the Doritos line got me too. And I don't know why. Right. It's not. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's something that was just, like, accidentally funny. All right, Marina Shafir versus Ruby Soho. So, you know, unfortunately for things like Marina Shafir's work in AEW that we've seen, like, on Dynamite Rampage in those moments necessarily haven't been, um, you know... They haven't gotten rave reviews just yet. It actually hasn't been too great. But with this being said, with that being said, um, this match was fine. It was fine. Um, most of it pretty much took place during commercial break, but um, we didn't I didn't feel like we saw anything bad from this. Uh, Ruby Soho gets her win after she hits the uh destination unknown. And really, what we need to talk about in regards to this is Saraya and Tony, they come out, they start trash talking, um, Tarts. Soraya starts talking, you know, smack and whatnot. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, they come out, they attack them. Ruby Soho, Switzerland, she's kind of just like, you know, caught in the middle. She doesn't know, you know, we don't know which direction she's going to go. Is she going to go with the WWE? Well, they're not saying WWE, but it's implied. Uh, is she going to go with the WWE girls or is she going to, you know, stick with Jamie and Britt? I don't know. I'm assuming that she's going to probably align herself with Soraya and Tony. Um, that feels to me like what would probably be most intriguing but who knows what they're going to do with that. Um, that's, oh, and they did announce a match for this, by the way. Um, what is it? What is it? They did announce we're going to be seen. Did they announce actually? Oh, no, I'm pretty sure they announced a tag team match. I'm pretty sure they announced a tag team match for this. Although Chat can correct me on this one. Um, I probably didn't write it down or something, but I'm pretty sure they announced a tag team match. But it was like over commentary when they announced it. Um, Alright, I'll circle back to that. Um, after this, we got a promo between Darby Allen and Sting and basically com- confirming that Darby Allen is, isn't going to be challenging Samoa Joe for the TNT title again. That was something that we touched on um, last week, or rather this past AEW Dynamite. So um, that's pretty much what we got there Renee Paquette she also did do uh, they previewed an interview that they're going to show on Dynamite with Adam Cole and they're basically teased that they're going to reveal his next opponent so uh thank you and by the way they did announce a tag team match thank you to Mohamed who just clarified that by the way um we also got a backstage promo with a um, Mark Briscoe this was something that was promoted ahead of the show of course and this was supposed to be an interview with um, him and Lexi Nair and he was interrupted he was you know pretty hyped up and whatnot but he was interrupted by um freaking uh sterling and sterling's trying to hire him trying to get him on board with him and mark briscoe's like nah like you know i don't want to be part of this and then sterling goes and calls him sterling tells him like are you sure don't you want to come make money don't you want to make the most money that you've ever made in your career with me or do you just want to be, quote, a stupid chicken farmer? So that's what he said to uh, Mark Briscoe. And then afterwards, we end up seeing uh, Josh Wood stepping in because the confrontation gets too heated between Briscoe and uh, Mark Sterling. So Josh Wood steps in. And um, you can pretty much expect this match to happen as well uh, between Josh Woods and uh, Mark Briscoe. So this was fun. This was a cool little way to just get you know the ball rolling with Mark Briscoe and what he's going to be doing on the show and whatnot. Um, so yeah, this was good too. Um, Jungle Boy really quick squash match against Ryan Nemeth, like really quick, like like a minute long. This was really nothing major whatsoever. Uh, Jungle Boy gets his win, good for him. He signals that he wants gold. He had already mentioned this before in a promo where he said he's going to be a single sky and he's going for gold. Uh, after this, Brian Cage comes out and basically signals that the end is near for Jungle Boy, and it looks like they're gonna do Jungle Boy Brian Cage. Uh, they've done this before. It was good. So I. I'm totally cool with them running it back um once again um all right and last but not least the main event of the night we had orange cassidy versus lee moriarty for the uh aw all atlantic championship this was orange cassidy's 11th defense of the aw all atlantic championship i didn't think this was a bad match whatsoever i actually really liked this there were some key moments that i really enjoyed from lee moriarty here which was really what i wanted to see because lee moriarty is a pretty popular guy amongst fans i feel i feel like you know people for the most part are always having good things to say about Lee Moriarty um and it's just a matter of really seeing him have like that really breakout match and I wouldn't say this was a breakout match by any means but I did think that the main event was good and I thought considering that there hasn't been a lot of really good strong rampage matches main event matches as of late um I thought this one was probably one of the stronger ones in a recent time period so I enjoyed this afterwards we did see Thought this was interesting. We saw the return of, not the return, but we saw Satnam, uh, Singh, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett come out and basically attack uh, Orange Cassidy and all of that. But the acclaimed, as you guys know, they have history. They have beef with uh, Satnam, Jay, and Jeff, and they come out and basically run them off. And this was interesting, given that that same night, they, uh, well, on Wednesday, they just lost their tag team titles. And we won't get into that again, but. Boy, was that a topic on Wednesday's show. Um, But there you guys go. That was SmackDown and Rampage from Friday, February 10th. Um, Next week, aw rampage will be on at a special start time for me it is going to be 4 p.m so it's going to start an hour before smackdown which means i'm so happy about this because that means next week i'm going to go on an hour early so instead of going on at 8 p.m pacific standard time i'm going to be going on at 7 p.m pacific standard time which means i'm actually going to be able to have a friday night i'm so thrilled um i love when aw rampage is on at a special start time Um uh, I don't care. I'm so happy. I love it when they do special start times. <laughs> I get spoiled here in the West Coast. Um, all right, guys. So I will see you back here uh, next week. I will be back for Tuesday's NXT. I will be here for Wednesday's AEW Dynamite, and then Friday, um, I'll be on at a special. I will be on at a special start time too for AEW Rampage and SmackDown conversation. Uh, next week, we're also going to be heading into the Elimination Chamber, so I will be doing a prediction show on my YouTube. channel channel i'll announce more about that later on and then i'm also going to be doing a watch along on my youtube channel i'll announce i'll announce more on that later on other than that everyone i hope you have a great weekend um if you're watching the super bowl have a great time watching the show Uh, stay safe and thank you guys so much as always for tuning in to speak now pro wrestling have a great weekend everyone bye